Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the iCast. I'm Michael Doeys, and I'm here with Marty Sobo. Hey, Marty. Hey, how's it going? Good. We're back in for another week doing this podcast, episode 10. We made it to episode 10 now. Look at that. We're two digits. Can you believe it? Two digits, yeah. We we started slow back, you know, a few years ago, but we're we're back again and we've we've made it to episode 10, which is very exciting to me. And we we have a show today that is kind of different from the typical show. And Two big topics I think are interesting to talk about. One is about nothing, and one is about jewelry. So, well, I of, think one should be about nothing, and the other should be about something, right? <laughs> so let, let's let's start talking about nothing first. And I watched a video. This came out today, the day of recording. Well, I don't know if the video did, but it, it came across my YouTube, and. It was Marquez Brownlee talking about the Nothing Phone 2 getting a new Nothing Chat app. And are you familiar with this device at all, Marty? Um, yeah, I mean, not super familiar. I know it's an Android device, and I know this company has been known for kind of paving their own path for what they want to do for, you know, devices, phones, things like that. Now, I believe, if I'm correct, they originally started out just as earbuds. And the big thing that put them on the market was the clear um, plexi style components they would build so that when you would pull the earbuds out, you would see all the wires and cables and all that stuff inside of there. So I believe that's how they started. And I think that that was their first product, I want to say maybe a couple of years ago. It was either them or the original Nothing Phone 1. But They've become very popular because they make this Android phone called the Nothing Phone. It didn't even start out here in the U.S. You couldn't get them here until very recently. Really? And it's it's kind of cool because they have all these LEDs, all these cool little light-up things on the phone. So it has people very interested. And, I mean, I think until recently you couldn't even get service here on them, on those phones. So they're really neat devices. The... You know, again, it's the carriers that they work with, and uh, they're just fascinating because it's not Samsung, it's not Google, it's a different you know manufacturer than we're typical. Well, it's they're called nothing. That that's the name of the manufacturer, and they've kind of said if they can't beat the iPhone, they'll join the iPhone by allowing iMessage on iPhone, and they're doing that in a very interesting way, and they're using an app. Uh, strategy that Beeper and uh, Sunbird use. They may even be using Sunbird's technology where basically you have the user sign in to, to Apple. It signs in on a Mac mini in a server farm, and then uh, it signs you in to the uh, Nothing Chat app. And then you could send iMessages on the Nothing phone, and that gives you the ability to send videos, uh, high-quality photos, uh, blue bubbles, all the things that you would get with your friends. But there's also some drawbacks to this, and that's security, because you're basically signing in and letting somebody else sign into your Apple ID on your behalf. So, Marty, w- would this get you to, like, say, hmm, I want to try Android because of this nothing chat app? No, I would not 
change just for that. I mean, whenever you run into something where there's a miss or some sort of a back door to the security, I always kind of think twice about it because, you know, who knows what could be down the line, you know, I mean, and you just know you're not getting the same security as you would be if you were on a native iPhone with or an an Apple device, I should say, using Apple's messages app. Um, it would be really interesting to see actually how far they get and how successful it actually is. And if they're going to have any issues with security or security breaches or anything like that. So, well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. And and I wonder, like, is Apple giving them permission to do this or did they find some workaround? And I wonder, is Apple going to figure it out and come after them for, you know, using Apple's technology through some kind of secret backdoor way that they figured out just to make sales on their phones? I wonder if Apple's going to try and go, no, no, you can't do this, you know, and try and shut them down, at least from using that technology. Well, and, and this technology is being used in several applications. It's basically, I mean, the, the person is signing in on a Mac Mini somewhere with iMessage, and they're just relaying the messages. Now, you know, we talk about the security aspect of this, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Because when a person that's on an iPhone sends a text to an Android phone, they're basically sending just text through the air. It's not encrypted. It's not anything. It's no, it just, just defaults back to straight SMS. Right, which is unencrypted. You know, the at least with this, you're getting potential somewhat encryption with this uh, use of Sunbird's technology to for nothing chat. So do you, I mean, then you're just kind of trusting uh, nothing to not be doing anything with your data. So... Does that kind of change your opinion? Do you do you feel like just rent, you know, text messages going into the air is more secure because it could, you know, it's arbitrary. There's not a company behind it. Or what what are your thoughts there? A couple things. First thing is when it comes to being on an Apple device and then messaging somebody uh, who's not on an Apple device and it defaults to SMS, at least that you know in that moment that, okay, really the main thing is you just be careful what you say if you're worried about someone knowing your conversation. Uh, I mean, don't just, you know, try not to... If you're worried about the security, then you would think about what you say before you say it, basically, is what I'm saying, right? Maybe you would think twice about saying something important or giving private information or anything like that. If you think you have a problem or something to worry about with security, you can send pictures still over SMS as well. And I'm not sure if that sticks to the same SMS rules or the way it used to be was, you know, you would, it would automatically switch to MMS. So like one way SMS is just straight text only, but then MMS gave you the ability to send a photo if you wanted to or something like that, um, which you can do. And I guess at least if you know for a fact that the person that you're talking to uh, is, you're, there's no privacy there. Anyone can try and grab it if they wanted to, you know, do a security breach and try and get your information, then you would just be cognizant of not saying anything that you wouldn't want anybody else to know about. I mean, I guess depending on how worried you are about the security or someone seeing your stuff, I guess. Right. 
But the, the issue with MMS is that the, the picture quality and although all those things is so compressed, it looks grainy and really, you know, terrible quality compared to a high res image that you could send over iMessage. That's true. But, you know, as a majority, most people don't really care if the image isn't like high resolution and all that. I mean, of course, yeah, it would be cool. But I think the majority of people don't think about that. And apparently they do, because a lot of videos have been commenting on like how terrible the quality is on MMS compared to like iMessage, like it's noticeable. Right. Like but Marcus Brownlee brought up a good point. And he mm -hmm. said, uh, in that video that the majority of the issues between like iPhone and Android and having like the SMS and all of that is mainly like a US thing. Because yes. a majority of people around the world aren't using Apple. Apple just is the biggest thing in the US. Right. But if you're going worldwide, it's not. He said 87% of teenagers in the US are using iPhones. Isn't that incredible? Like, that's a big number. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not really surprised about that because you think about a majority of people who like iPhones, right? They try to get the new thing every year or every other year, right? So you're going to be either on a one-year program, like, for example, I'm on the Apple program. So if I choose to, I can, after 12 years, just give my phone back and get whatever the new model is. And it's just a wash. I don't pay for the old one anymore. That account gets closed out. I open up the new account with a fresh start with a new phone. And I can either do that for one year and give it back next year and get a new device, or I can... Uh, just keep it for the 24 months and then I own the device outright. So the other option to that is, is if you're on a carrier, then, you know, you get a similar thing. Hey, get this phone, pay two years, and then you own it, whatever the case is. It's always going to be something like that. So you think that majority of the people who want to get a new device you know, every year or every two years, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to just get the new device and go, all right, kids, here's my hand-me-down device. It's just not the newest, latest, greatest. It's last year's model or maybe two years ago. Here you go. And then you go out and get yourself the newest device, you know, and or you know, they keep it for 24 months and they end up paying off, paying it off completely. And if they're going to decide to do the two-year thing and the same thing happens, they'll give that device to, you know, the younger uh, person or their kid, whatever you want to say. And then they'll go and they'll get the newest device and start with that. So I think that's why it's so huge in the U.S. because majority of people want to get the newest thing and there's always going to be a hand-me-down device. That's not the case around the world, though. That's only, again, in the U.S. Well, and there's that cool factor like the the blue bubble and green bubble. That's a big uh, contributing factor, too, unfortunately. I don't I don't believe that that should really be an issue, but people make it into an issue, unfortunately. And we, we talked about that on the IA cast for a few episodes ago. Right. But again, that's typically only in the U.S. Though. Yes, correct. Yep. The rest of the world could care less about a blue or a green bubble. And typically, and, it's probably doesn't matter because, like I said, uh, the rest of the world isn't majority iPhone. And actually, you know, the rest of the world, which is also really interesting, the rest of the world, they don't even really use the stock app as much. They 
like majority of the world, everywhere else except the US is on a third party chat app that's universal that works on any device, WhatsApp, whether you're on yeah. yeah, WhatsApp or any of those. Majority mm-hmm. of people are using those kind of apps around the world. And uh, that's because it's universal. It doesn't matter whether it's on they iPhone. They know it'll just work. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what device you're on, iPhone, Android, whatever. Right. So, you know, it's too bad that we can't have that all around the world. Too many people, like you said, in the U.S. are too worried about the blue bubble or I don't want to be a green bubble or, you know, whatever the case is. Exactly. And I, I just think, I mean, the nothing phones are really cool. Don't get me wrong. But I think that their way of getting into the U.S. is if they can't market and get people to buy them, They'll just say, hey, you could use your, you don't have to be on an iPhone to talk to your friends. And I think that's really the way they're going with this. And I mean, I, I, I will have to say that as, as a tech enthusiast myself, I want to get a nothing phone too. I want to play with it. I want to look at this chats app because it is interesting. It is, you know, it would be also neat if they let you, if like if you have an Apple product just to install like a little intermediary app on your Apple product to where you don't have to trust their company. You could just install it on your Mac and you have iMessage, right? That would be pretty cool. What are your thoughts on that? Again, it comes down to the security. You know, I mean, if it's going to be a security breach or if there's a chance of a security breach or you're jeopardizing your content in any way where you think or you feel like that's an issue for you. I think I would probably rather jump on one of the stronger third-party apps, WhatsApp, one of those where you know that it's going to be a lot safer and your information is going to be more secure. I mean, if I was concerned about a situation where there was going to be some sort of a security issue, that's what I probably would choose to do if that was my option. Right. That makes sense. I mean, if there's an option to be more secure, I would think majority of people do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, like around the world, majority of people are on WhatsApp because it doesn't matter which platform you're on; it just kind of works everywhere, and you get that security no matter what device you're on. Well, you uh, it, I mean, it's with Meta, so you you get encryption, but Meta is still collecting information about you, your phone number, and that kind of thing. So there's trade-offs for everything, really. You know, I think you're pretty much if you're going to be anywhere with any device on any internet or whatever the case may be somewhere, some along the way, you know, there's going to be that. I I don't think you can get away with that anymore of just being totally off the grid. I mean, unless you just run with like a cheap burner phone, but then again, you know, you're not, you're just, you know, that that's really not going to solve your problem. Right. Right. So it's personal preference. Again, it always comes down to personal preference, but do you think that the, the technology is neat? Is it something like as a, as a tech enthusiast yourself or is it like, okay, this is kind of cool that they're able to to add this to their phone? Do you, is it at least kind of cool to you or is it like, no, hard pass? Uh, I would probably pass, honestly. I don't think that's enough to get me to buy a phone. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think the Nothing phone is kind of cool because it is such a different take on Android that that might get me to pull the trigger on just to to play with, like to have an Android phone to play with. Like I've had the Samsungs, I've had the Googles. Now I kind of want to have nothing. <laughs> I don't know how many of those jokes we can make before they get old, but. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of my opinion on that is, yeah, it's probably a cool phone, right? And yeah, maybe it's a different experience 
or whatever. But, you know, in Android world, it's still wild, wild west, in my opinion. And just about every manufacturer that makes an Android device forks the OS to be whatever they want it to be. And they create their own apps. I mean, depending on who you go with, they all have a different version of the operating system. And the thing that's kind of frustrating about that is it makes it really hard to have some sort of standard, right? So, you know, you could have an Android device, but 10 different Android devices can be used completely 10 different ways because they're all going to be 10 different operating systems and how you do stuff, you know? So it makes it harder for tech support. It makes it harder to help someone, you know? And then the other thing about that is they all get different versions of the operating systems that come out. Some of them get to a certain operating system, but then not other operating systems, you know, it's just everywhere. I mean, it's kind of a mess, you know, the one thing at least about, the Apple ecosystem is everyone stays at least the same. So like if someone has a problem with their phone, you know, you can troubleshoot it, you know, you can help a person or you know that if someone doesn't know how to do something, probably you could walk them through how to do something, you know, like on Android, forget it. I mean, it could be completely different on every single device because of the way they fork all of the, um devices out there all of the big carriers you know samsung lg you know all the different carriers they all or i shouldn't say carriers i should say manufacturers they all make their own operating system and they're all different and even if you go to a complete raw android operating system you're going to get that on a pixel which is actually the google's phone that they put out but they're the only one that allows any company to do that. There isn't another phone out there that gets the pure raw Android operating system. So even at that point, you're still, you know, if you're not familiar with it, it's going to be a different process usually. And it's going to be a different version of an operating system. And it goes on and on, you know. So for me, it makes it difficult across the board, really, to kind of and, go Android. Know, here's the thing. What what a lot of people don't realize, companies could just stick with raw Android. They could. They choose not to because they want their own gimmicks, their own slice of the pie, you know, and that kind of goes with the dessert themes of Android. But yeah, that, that's why they do that because they want their own, you know, versions of it. And then the carriers, the thing with Android is the carriers want their piece of the pie too. So they have to put their versions. I was told once that it was, you know, Google makes their version of Android, the carriers then add their bits in, then the manufacturers add their bits in. And then, so that's why it takes so long because all three of those players have to have their piece of the pie. Right. And you look at a company like Nothing, for example, and they can't even get on a big carrier in the US. You can only get their phones off their website as a niche product. So, I mean, I say niche product compared to any of the big, huge companies like. LG, Samsung, those kind of companies, they're on the carriers. But if you're a smaller carrier, like nothing, I mean, if you're a smaller manufacturer, like nothing, then you have to get it from the website. They're not big enough to be able to get on with these big carriers in the US. And unfortunately, because of that, their numbers are never, ever going to get to anywhere close to what the larger companies are just for that fact alone. Because 
when you walk into any major manu- any major um, carrier to buy a phone, you're going to see all of those phones on display where nothing, you have to hope that they can do enough marketing on their own to get people to come to their website and purchase their device. I mean, so they're always going to be the underdog. Yep. But, you know, this is an Apple podcast, but we wanted to talk about this topic because it is, it it does affect Apple. You know, it's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how they end up doing. This device just came out, I believe, in the the last week or two. No, 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 no. The nothing phone two has been out for quite a while, uh, several, several months, and it's been here in the US for a little while. But now they have this nothing chat app that just came out. I think it's still in beta, actually. Oh, so. is that what just came out? So it's not the actual device that just came Correct. out. Correct. It's the chat that just came out. The chat, yes. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Because I've been, Marquez and, and Sarah Dici and, and others that I watch have been reviewing these things for quite a while. So I've been... I've been yeah, I just don't know if they were older versions or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's the Nothing Phone 2. Okay. So... It's it's pretty cool. They make some really premier products, so it, it's it's a neat device. So I'm, I'm kind of watching it to see what they do. And again, and here's an it, interesting question for you: Do they have the clear version like they do with the earbuds on this nothing phone? I think so. I could be wrong though, but they do have like a back LED that you know, and a front LED. Like this whole phone lights up like a lot. So hmm. uh, you could have notifications and pulsing lights and all kinds of stuff. Which you know, I like shiny things, so I. I would dig that, but yeah, that comes from the Windows world where you build your own computer and you put all kinds of LED art, right. you know, in there and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it it it's kind of a premier phone. It's not like a, a bottom bargain phone. It's it's really a nice phone. So when you're it, so. looking at this device on the website, if you go to nothing and you buy their or you're looking to buy one of their devices. What is the cost and spec factor compared to if you were to go buy one of the big, larger uh, LG, Samsung type phones from a carrier? You know, I'm not sure of the specs, and I don't want to speculate here on the specs. How many times can you have that spec in a word? Spec, uh, spec. Uh, what about? Do you have any idea but, how much it costs? I, I believe it's around the five to six ninety nine range. So, I mean, that's pretty good compared to a lot of the other higher end phones, or some are easily double that. So, right. Exactly. So it's not that three ninety nine to four ninety nine range that, you know, like the SE or, or the Pixel XA or, you know, three A or four A or five A is. It's it's definitely in that kind of a this is getting up to the flagship phone territory from what I remember. But uh cool. very interesting Sounds stuff. Good. We'll see how it all goes. So I was watching a or listening to a podcast. It was the podcast was Rocket and they had a guest on, and it was a person talking about that they bought iPod Nanos, and they made different kinds of things, even jewelry, out of iPods. And it kind of makes, you know, we, we hear about vinyl making a comeback. We hear about all these things making a comeback. So I guess my question to you is, do you think because of this, and, and so many things like igniting about iPod, like has iPod been in the shadows long enough where it's kind of becoming cool again to like have an iPod? Do you think we'll see them coming back or is this just kind of a novelty thing that people are just doing? 
I think it's a little bit of both, actually, but I will tell you that there's always been a very strong love for iPod fans. People who've had iPods love them. And I know that a few years back, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but they finally stopped making the full-size iPod, and they showed up on eBay for tons of money. I mean, people really loved that full-size iPod because of the amount of hard drive space that you can get. I believe the biggest hard drive size at the end of the life, like the last models, were 160 gigs in an uh, in an uh, iPod Classic style, which was the full-size iPod. And people were buying those things off Amazon for crazy amount of money because they were just so awesome. People loved putting all of their music on there. I mean, 160 gigs, if you think about an MP3 format, that is a lot of music. And um, interestingly enough, I was going through an old desk that I was cleaning out and trying to get rid of. And I came across an old iPod, full-size iPod classic of my own that I used to use all the time. And I pulled it out and I went, wow, look at this thing. This is awesome. You know, I wanted to fire it up and see if it still worked and stuff, but I couldn't find a charging cable for it. But I do have it out and I'm going to see if I can find a charging cable. It's one of those larger, you know, whatever, however many pins that is, but it's like they're wide. How much was it? 32 pin or something? 30 pin. Yeah, 30 pin. So if I can find one of those somewhere, I will charge that thing up and see if I can get it working. And if it does, I might still use it because it's cool. You know, I mean, I really loved it. So so do you know why it's 30 pins? Like why there's so many pins? I have no idea. They have pins for everything on there. They have pins for power. They have pins, separate pins for audio. They have separate pins for like uh, different like data transfers, they've got pins for everything. That's why that 30 pin when it came out was so amazing because it had pins to do everything. So you didn't have to have a bandwidth limit. You could have just pins for audio, pins for data transfer, pins for power. It was not like you wouldn't have interference on the lines because certain pins were, you know, like on USB, certain things are all like going through each thing. So your bandwidth would be limited. No, the the, the the 30 pin connector could transfer so fast because it had dedicated pins for for certain things which i think is at the time when it came out was incredible yeah i would say the only issue with it though was that they were uh, a bit sensitive and like if you're a kid or if you're someone who's not real careful with your stuff a lot of people would break those pins off you know when they were trying to either put it in or pull it out of their iPod when they were trying to connect it or disconnect it because typically kids aren't patient. They just want to shove it in there really quick and they're not really paying attention. And if you're not someone who's like, make sure, because if you remember correctly, you had to kind of take it and line it exactly up and kind of stick it straight in and then wait for the little click sound because it would lock in. And then when you unplugged it, you had to kind of squeeze the outside together just enough to like undo the little side tabs that would keep it in to pull it back out again and a lot of times they, people would break it because they just would yank but it out of there remember that they started with the squeeze like sides where you had to squeeze it and then like angle it out and then later on with like the later ipods and ipod touches it was just a pull you could just remove it by pulling it out so they, they actually had two iterations where like one of the cables you had to actually have the little clamps and the other one you know you could just pull out and remove do you remember that 
I do. But you know, then the interesting thing is uh the last couple years, I want to say, they did finally switch them up to uh, a lightning port on the last few generations. Now, I don't think the classic ever got a lightning no, port, but I think no. the like nanos did. They had nanos for a while, and I think I think it would, maybe it would, actually was just the nanos because I, I think they discontinued the classics mm-hmm. while they still were selling the nanos. Actually, and the shuffle. Remember the shuffle? Oh yeah, that little thing. It looked like a little tiny remote. There was no. Yeah. It was just like. You know, a little clip, and it had a round circle for yeah. the buttons and a button in the middle. Yeah, it was like, and it had USB Type A. You could plug it in right to. It's like a flash drive. Yeah, exactly. And but the it had a little dock, and the dock connected through the headphone jack. Do you remember that? Vaguely, I don't remember the dock, but yeah, yeah, they all came really with cool. this little dock, which was like standard USB A, and then on the other end, it was this little rectangle square and it had the headphone jack mail on it and you would stick that into the shuffle to transfer the data onto it Interesting. or to charge it yeah they were pretty cool now i can see people taking those nanos and those shuffles and making them into jewelry i mean necklaces yeah what like what if you could find shuffles, right? Like the colorful shuffle with made into earrings or something. I don't know. It seems like it'd be maybe a little heavy, but you know, people probably will do anything to. Yeah. I, I know, you know the nanos were being made into jewelry. That was kind of the big popular thing nowadays, yeah. but, and, and the, it was interesting on that episode, they were saying that they would only buy them if they were for $10 on eBay. I'm like, man, I figured people would want to sell those for a lot more since they're not being made. Yeah, um, but you have to remember now that every single device has an iPod in it. So if you are got any version of an iPhone, you're going to have that iPod in there mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to play music and do all that stuff. Right. Also, uh, you have to look at kind of the generation now. When we were back and we had all of the classic iPods and even the iPod Nanos and Shuffles, that was previous to any streaming services. You actually had to buy your music or download your music, however you did that, and actually physically put it on the device. You know, now there is streaming everywhere, you know, and every device, at least every Apple device, but I want to say almost every device, whether whether it's Android or Apple, is going to have some sort of an mp3 player in it by default well if it's going to be an apple device you're going to have that ipod experience kind of right in there where like on the ipods it showed the shut the you know the artwork and the play pause all that stuff you know and i think that they do a really good job of kind of implementing that software into an iphone and you have your iPod just right there. And the generation now, the young generation, you know, they don't know about CDs and um, buying music like in a store really or any of that. They're just into instant gratification. Get me in it as quite quick as you can and, you know, you know listen to I it. Think and the thing so- is, is like a lot of the Apple Music and Spotify users instant gratification and they don't even use the stock app because they have their own apps for that stuff. I think it depends on the person. Like if you're from like, there, there's actually a store here in Austin called Cheapo Discs. And it's like, mm-hmm. a, it, they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. And you can still buy CDs. And I think there's some like uh, folks that still live outside the, the cities and th- places like that that don't have good internet where they still can buy 
discs or they still have like their parents cds or or tapes or things like that so i think yeah but think about the world i'm sorry go ahead i think the generations right now still like the 20s and 30s they still even the teenagers still may have a concept but i have a feeling the next generation you know that grew up in the 2010s have will have no clue yeah well you think about well, a couple of things here. If you were born in 2010, you're going to be like 13, 14 years old now. So you're already into music. You know, you're probably in middle school or starting high school. You're getting into whatever kind of music you and your friends. It's kind of that time when you start deciding what kind of music you like listening to, not kind of what your parents were listening to. But on another note, those kids probably never had CDs. I mean, they don't even put CD players really in cars anymore. They don't really sell CDs in stores or CD players even for that matter. They don't sell anymore. I mean, it's really hard to come by getting a CD player really anywhere. You know, it, maybe you can find it online. If you go to any kind of like store to buy one, maybe they got one model Novelty in the stores. back in the corner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and people don't even do that anymore. They just buy everything online so maybe you can get on like amazon and find a cd player but for those kids from that generation they never had like stereos in their rooms with cd players and had a cd collection or any of that they got a phone and yep. they just do everything right on there you and know, like i, I said I, you know it's, i think if i went to best buy or gamestop and just started looking around like just kind of window shopping with like being low vision or blind i think people would look at me funny it's like why don't you buy it at home what are, you, what are you doing in here just looking at everything you see? I used to go in those stores and just be like, I'm just going to browse. Like, it's something to do, right? Now it's like, why, why don't you just do this at home? Well, I mean, I remember, like, when you could, you know, you were into whatever kind of music and your favorite band was putting out a new album, right? And you would go down it, you know, early and get in line so that right at midnight you could get be one of the first people to get the album and you take it home you know, uh, open it up, you know, whether you bought it on vinyl or CD, whatever it is, you know, you put it up, you put it on and go through the book that would come in there and look at all the pictures and read all the liner notes and do all that. You know, it was like a whole experience and kids these days, they have no idea what that is. I mean, I'm not even sure they even do that anymore. If a new album's coming out, if it's even a new album now with all of the streaming services, bands just put out one or two songs at a time even, and just call it good. And, you know, I think most kids, they just, oh, look, it's on my Spotify or on my Apple Music. They don't even, it just comes right to them. I don't think they know what it's like to look through liner notes, open it up, spend time listening to the album from beginning to end, hear all the songs, you know, and, and do all that. I think they just, ah, I, I like the song, I don't like the song, click, and yep. whatever. You know what I mean? So, so it's very think, different. Do you think that the iPod Nano, because there was an iPod Nano that could, you could, they had a wrist strap. Do you think it kind of became the Apple Watch? Because that's basically kind of what it is. You could do the same stuff on it. Yeah, except it doesn't have any internet. So you're not getting text messages or phone calls or email or any of that. So it's basically a clock on your wrist that, that looks cool. <laughs> well, well, the iPod Nano, yeah, was. And it could play music. But yeah, I right. mean, the Apple Watch is basically the wireless version of the iPod Nano in a way, if you think about it. Exactly. I bet you get to be able to do all this other stuff, you know, email, phone calls. You know, it's basically your phone as an it's like a nano phone on your wrist. Right. right. Exactly. So 
it's kind of interesting. I've, I've, I figured this would be a very cool topic for discussion, but do you think the iPod could come back in a certain way in the future? Do you think that if it starts getting more popular, people would be like, okay, I, we want to see iPods come back, Apple? I definitely think so. And uh, people love nostalgic stuff, you know? And if you think back, you know, they had some really cool colors. They had some different designs over the years on the Nano. If you were to go back and look at the different designs, they came, you know, they had a few very different designs over the time of Nanos being out, you know? And they definitely started out um, a little bit larger, even though it was smaller than the classic, it was still a little bit larger, actually. And over the years of them making nanos, they got a little bit smaller and a little bit more colorful and all of that along the way. But people love those things. And I think people love nostalgic. So I definitely think if they brought them back, people would definitely buy them. And I would think if they kind of made them how they used to be, where you can actually put your music on there, you know, all your MP3s or whatever, I think, and they keep it kind of a similar look and feel and all of that. So you have that classic look, but then they, for example, maybe stick in maybe Wi-Fi and Bluetooth so that you can stream your audio to one of the Apple speakers if you want to, or maybe an Apple TV so that you can see it on the screen or something like that. I think they can do some mm-hmm. cool old classic stuff with it while still making it kind of with some of the new technology to I incorporate like with the other stuff. I mean, if you had an iPod um, the Nano, for example, right? And you could put all of your music on there in full quality, right? And then it had Bluetooth in it and you could sync it to like your HomePod. That'd be awesome. I'd buy one. I, I really yeah. would. That would I'd be cool. It. Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. like a little mini remote database, hard drive with, you know, it's cool. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. But as we always do, Marty, do you have an app for this week and where can people find you online? You know what? I actually totally didn't come up with an app this week. So I am sorry, guys. I'll make sure I come up with another app for next week. But if you want to catch me on Mastodon, it's marty at unmute.community. All right. I thought I have an app. I thought I had an app, but I may have picked it last week. So I don't know. So I'm going to also pass on the app pick for this week. So we're both doubly as bad. So we will have an app for you next week. And if yep, you want to sorry find about me, that, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something next time. But if you want to find me online, I'm Michael Doeys on most platforms. Mike Doeys at techopolis.social. I'm Mike Doeys on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And Michael Doeys on Facebook. You can email me at Mike Doeys at uh, iCloud.com. You can find me on, you know, all the platforms. And you can find, you can email feedback to feedback at iacast.net. And we would love to hear any questions about Apple products. You know, let's make this interactive. Send us your questions and let us know what your thoughts are. So that's going to do it for this episode of the iCast. I think it was a great show. Again, we're on YouTube for iACast Radio. We're on uh, our typical places, the app, everywhere else. So I want to thank you again, Marty, for being here. It's been a great episode. And we'll do it all again next week. We'll have we'll come up with something fun for thanksgiving so sounds good awesome have a good one everyone 